Hey everyone, thank you for checking out the Gateway Students Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast designed for our students here at Gateway Church in Austin, Texas. We'll be discussing things along the lines of student leadership, what it means to be a leader, and how we can be a part of what God is doing in his church. We say things like, come as you are, no perfect people allowed, die wild, and be what you want to see. And all of these phrases sum up who we are, our identity as a student ministry, but also part of our mission and our purpose to help people explore God and find Jesus. We hope that you enjoy this podcast. In our society today, um, especially with uh, maybe like, I don't even know which generation I really am. I think I'm technically a millennial, but I feel like I relate with you guys way more than I do with my like older millennial friends. Mature. I'm not that mature. But, um, no, but, so there's something with society, though, that I'm noticing, like, with, with y'all's generation and with mine is that there's a serious, like, lie going around about standing out. Like, everybody wants to go viral, everybody wants to be famous, everybody wants to be an influencer, or a lot of people do at least, but very few people actually want to put in that work, put in the effort to do so. And I think it it comes down to the idea, like, I know that a lot of people want to do it, but they hesitate because there's a fear of judgment. There's a fear of stepping out and kind of standing out because of being caught in a bunch of judgment. And so I know that is true. Like, no matter what you do, you are going to have people looking at you and judging you. That's just, you can't control what other people think. But instead, I think the lie in it rests is that it's like the lie that we keep hearing over and over again is that it's almost better to do nothing than to step out and to be judged. That it's almost better to do nothing at all than to actually face judgment. And I think so many people want to, want to have the influence and be viral or popular or whatever, but they don't put in the effort because they're afraid of being judged but then they actually miss out on all that life could be. So when I say be what you want to see, it's actually a statement that's kind of dangerous. It's similar to die wild in that it asks everything of you. It's not just saying like, okay, yeah, be what you want to see. And then once service is over, you just go home and you just live your life. No, be what you want to see is a statement of how we should change uh, the ways that we lie, that we live our lives. And it actually calls us to step up and be part of the change that we want to see. Um, so now, uh, if you guys want to go to 2 Kings, if you guys are already there, awesome. 2 Kings chapter 22 um, is it's a very interesting section of scripture. I actually just, um, my reading plan, I'm slowly working my way through the Old Testament. And um, I say slowly because you could easily just listen to it on like two times speed on your phone and get done with it in a day or two days. But it's like... I actually wanted to learn something and this story more than ever, like I'd heard about it, but this story more than ever really stuck out to me. And it's the story of Josiah. Um, how many of you guys are familiar with Josiah? Okay. Okay. Some of you, cool. Cool. So just to recap for those of you who know, but for those of you who don't, Josiah was a king um, in Judah. And so after King Solomon, who wrote a lot of Proverbs, um, after his kingdom ended, um, Israel actually had a civil war and it split in two. There was a northern kingdom called Israel, southern kingdom called Judah. And Israel had a long rap of having a bunch of kings that were not following the Lord. They weren't following the law, the covenant, anything like that. They actually would set up um, these 
poles called Asherah poles, and it was a symbol of idolatry, and a bunch of really, really R-rated stuff would happen. And then they would also worship the Baal gods, or the gods of Moloch, or the Canaanites. And so there's a lot of really sinister and really demonic and bad stuff happening in Israel, and the kings would endorse it. The kings would participate just as much as the people. You look at the southern kingdom, Judah. Judah had the same thing happen, but not as often as the northern kingdom. But then there was a king called Manasseh, and Manasseh did a lot of really terrible things. Manasseh gets killed. His son Josiah becomes the king. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. So he's a little kid, and he's growing up in his maturity, and um, he notices that the temple of the Lord was in really bad shape. Now, the temple of the Lord was built by King Solomon. It was covered in gold. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. Lots of awesome things were happening there. God's presence. It was actually the physical representation of God's presence here on earth. And all the stuff that Israel was doing was happening in the temple. So there's a lot of bad stuff happening in the temple to the point where God's spirit was like, uh, I don't think I should be here anymore. And so the kings were endorsing it. The people were endorsing it. The priests that were commissioned by God, think like the pastors of the day, the pastors of the day were also participating in endorsing this idolatry and really detestable. It says in the Bible, detestable behavior. King Josiah sees that the temple's in ruin, takes his own finances and his own riches and starts to commit it to restoring the temple. As they're restoring the temple, they just make a huge discovery. There's a guy, and he grabs this scroll, and it, this is where we pick it up. <clears throat> verse 22, uh, or I'm sorry, 22, verse 8. So Hilkiah, the high priest, shed, oh, I'm going to mess these up, said to uh, Shaphan, the court secretary, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. Then Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan, and he read it. Skipping down to verse 11. When the king heard what was written in the book of the law, he tore his clothes in despair. Skipping on a little bit more, verse 13. Go to the temple and speak to the Lord for me for, uh, the, and, and for all the people and for all of Judah. Inquire about the words written in the scroll that have been found. For the Lord's anger is burning against us because our ancestors have not obeyed the words in this scroll. We have not been doing... Um, everything it says we must do. So they go back to the temple, they go to the Lord and they say, okay, like, God, we found this thing. We're obviously not doing what you've said. What, do, what should we be doing? And God gives a prophecy that is probably not one that anybody would want to hear. He talks about how the, the, the Judah's gonna be destroyed, the city's gonna be destroyed, the people are gonna get killed, all of this stuff because of the detestable practices. So really intense judgment happens, yes. Is this when Babylon takes over? No, okay. a little bit later. We'll get into that. Um, so skip ahead to, verse, or to chapter 23. We're skipping around a lot because I just want to give you guys an overview. If you want to go home and read it, you totally can. Um, in chapter 23, the king instructs Hilkah, the high priest, and the priest of the second rank and the temple gatekeepers to remove from the Lord's temple all the articles that were used in worship to Baal, Asherah, and the powers of the heavens. So... All of that stuff, all of the detestable things were happening in the temple around this stuff. It was in God's house and they had brought it in. The priests, the people who were commissioned and chosen by God to only be priests. That was the Levites. That was their sole job was to only be priests to the Lord. And they were allowing this to happen. But even more than that, the people were going along with it. But you know why? It's because the leaders 
started to go along with it. The, the people did evil in the Lord's sight because of the kings doing so. Josiah was participating in this stuff too, and he sees that something's wrong. They find the, the scroll, and he's like, yo, we got to get this back in order. And so skipping way ahead at the very end of uh, verse 20, or chapter 23, it says that Josiah celebrates the Passover. Uh, so 23, 24. It says, Josiah also got rid of the mediums, the psychics, and the household gods, and the idols, and every other kind of detestable practice, both in Jerusalem and throughout the land of Judah. So this thing happens at the temple. They read the law out loud. They read the, the book, the scroll of the law, which was God's, um, not just like law, like rules of how society should work, but it was more than that. It was instructions on how to worship God. And so all of this, they read it out loud to the people. The people were like, oh, this is insane. Josiah then as a leader goes not just in the temple, but all of Jerusalem and all throughout the land removes these things. And um, okay, so uh, he did this in obedience to the laws written in the scroll that Hilkiah the priest had found in the Lord's temple. Verse 25, never before had there ever been a king like Josiah who turned to the Lord with all his heart and soul and strength, obeying all the laws of Moses. And there's never been a king like him since. There was never a king before Josiah that was like this. Not David, not Solomon, not any of the people that were before him had dedicated their whole lives to the Lord in the way that Josiah did. So, ap application here. All this happens. Josiah is, uh, keep this in mind here. This is like years and generations of this stuff are going down in the land. Years and generations of this stuff has been happening in the temple. So, Think about like, I'm not saying that your family's Christmas traditions are demonic. Like I'm not saying that at all, but think about your traditions as a family. Like I do that, like your mom might have some, have some like old ornaments from your grandma or there's something that your parents do around Christmas time because their parents did it or then their great parents and da, 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 da. And all of those traditions, think about that, but flip it to maybe a little bit darker. Imagine if your whole family had been worshiping, not God, but doing other things and worshiping idols and like participating in all of this crazy demonic stuff. So think about your whole family doing this. And it's not just your family. It's your whole neighborhood. It's all your community. It's even the church that you go to is like that. They, you know, they still worship God a little bit, but it's not the main focus. So this is like generations of stuff like Josiah's mom and, you know, like his, his parents, his dad was a very wicked king. So all this is happening. So there's a generational like pressure here where they're doing all this stuff and then Josiah discovers the word of God and he says, I'm putting a stop to this. Can you imagine the, the threat that he might've felt from people around him, even his closest people, even at the point where he had to get the high priest, the person who should know the book of the law, they hadn't even found the book of the law. So they weren't even practicing it because it had just been like thrown in a corner and they weren't even using it. So the high priest at the time finds it, brings it to Josiah. Josiah says, we're following this today. Ribs the temple of all this stuff. And think about the culture, the culture, the attitudes, the customs of the people. They weren't even aware of God's commands. But then when they say it and when they, he reads it out loud, Josiah commits his personal resources. He puts his own reputation on the line, puts their whole kingdom at quote unquote risk because all their culture is getting stripped away and replaced with something that is good. So the king hears all of this. He tears it, or he tears his robes, and he gets distressed. And he says, we got to make this right. 
I don't think that we should be worried about people's opinions when what we are doing is being obedient to God. So as we are participating at Gateway Students, as we are here as part of CORE, what we do, if it's good and it lines up with God's word, then we shouldn't be concerned about what other people think. Even those people that we're trying to become friends with or trying to, you know, impress somehow, we all do it. But we shouldn't be worried about that if it's walking in obedience to God. King Josiah, though he was the king, he didn't care about public opinion. He used his own resources. He destroyed everything that was detestable and dishonoring to God. And he set the tone of worship for the whole nation. See, he was doing what a king needs to do, what a leader needs to do. He sacrificed his own resources to restore the temple, and he wanted to honor God, so he did it, and the people followed him. He wasn't going to leave it up to anyone else. He wasn't going to leave it up to the priests anymore to worship God. He said, I'm going to worship God, and the whole nation followed him. He wanted to see something happen, so he became what he wanted to see. Be what you want to see. So, let's take a breath of fresh air. All the history, all that. Okay. How does this actually apply to us? Um, in my, in my time, yeah, what? Oh, I was going to say, like, all of the things we do, other people see, and if let me, we let, are let, the... Let, let, let me oh. finish, let me finish. Okay. It's going to start. Did you read my notes? Um, so, uh, so, okay. I've heard for the last year, and this is the part where if you've said these things to me, I'm not calling you out because I've had a lot of the same thoughts. Um, but I've heard it said in the last year, I've heard people say, oh, well, blank and blank isn't here. So-and-so is not here. Oh, why aren't they showing up? Why aren't any guys coming to students? Why, aren't, why isn't this group coming? Why isn't this leader here? Why isn't this? Why isn't that? Why aren't we doing this event? Why are we not? Why, why are we doing this instead of this? Why aren't we going to Camp Tejas again this year? Why, 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 why? All valid and real questions I've asked the same questions myself because honestly, if you've asked those questions or you've thought those things, I hear you. I'm right there with you. I'm wondering why this list of dedicated students that I've, I've never even seen their face before, I don't know who they are. I've questioned as to why aren't we seeing these pre-pandemic numbers of people in attendance. People are asking me that and I'm like, okay, like, what's the big deal? The big thing is, I care about it and I'm questioning it because, you know, if you really think about it, people are numbers. So I'm wondering, okay, why aren't these people here? Not just to have a number of attendance or anything like, cool. No, it's like, I care about these people. So why aren't they here? Why, 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 why? See, if we want to see change, if we want to see hype, if we want to see energy, we want to see people coming to students, then we have to be what we want to see. And it's difficult because it involves risk. We want to see hype on a Wednesday night. We need to be hype. We want to see new people coming into students. We got to start inviting some people. We got to start driving some people. We got to start making some sacrifices, myself included. And the whole thing is like, if we aren't being what we want to see, then we're really just complaining. If we're not choosing to take action for what we want to see, then if you were in CORE this last summer, you're kind of just like a thermostat or a thermometer. It just tells you what the temperature of a room is. It says, oh, there's only 30 people here. 
okay. <laughs> what I'm challenging us to be is to not just be thermos or thermometers, but to be thermostats that actually do something to make the change, to do something um, that we want to do. So this only goes as far, or this only go, this goes far and beyond the norm around us. See, no one can be passionate for you. No one can invite friends for you. No one can get dedicated and spiritually mature for you. Nobody can do this stuff for you. Certainly, I can't be the one to spiritually feed you. So we have to be what we want to see. I want to challenge each of you to be what you want to see, showing up completely when it's totally easier to just say, ah, I don't really want to be here. Or, eh, my friend's not here, I'm just checking out tonight. Or, eh, my small group leader just ripped one and they're not acknowledging it. <laughs> like, this is disgusting. You know what I'm, okay, I know it's happened, but you know what I'm saying here? Like, we can't just expect something to be good if we as leaders don't put in the work. You guys are dedicated. You guys are core students. It's not just, the, not just the name of our group here, but you guys are here. I see you each and every week on Sunday mornings. I see you on Wednesday nights. And so if you guys want to see change, then we all need to start being the change we want to see. Um, so um, if you do want to see the change and you start becoming the change, you will be judged. You will be looked at weird. People will not catch the vision right away. But people didn't catch it right away with Josiah. But Josiah made a commitment as a leader that he was going to be the change. He was going to worship God. And a whole nation followed him. What could that be? That was one guy. We had a room of 14 of us. What would happen if we decided to be like Josiah and became what we wanted to see Last thing I want to challenge you guys with is found in Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Paul says, he says, Let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Uh, Galatians 6, verses 9 and 10. Reason I say that is I see you. I value each and every one of you. Your hours at the church, your volunteering, all of that. I value it. I love it. And I love your commitment to students. But I'm saying, what if it goes beyond just attendance? What if it goes beyond just serving on Sunday? What if it goes beyond everything and students actually becomes something that we are, not just an event that we attend? We can always go to another event. We can always go to a camp. We can always go to YouthCon. We can always go to an event. But what if we actually experience and become the things that we want to see as students? Um, so, uh, if you guys want to, I was thinking if we had a chance, we could brainstorm a little bit. Um, so let me pray. And then if you guys want to brainstorm, you can. If you have ideas or thoughts, Um, this is definitely the time to share those. So, Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for all these students that are here. God, and I thank you for the powerful example that we see in King Josiah, that he made a decision, he made a choice to worship you 
and a whole nation followed him. God, I thank you for this example. God, I pray in my own life that I follow it. And God, I pray it over these students that are here tonight too.